In the name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. So welcome on this night when we begin the holy season of Lent. When we hope as individuals, as a community, to make a right start to this season, to begin on this Ash Wednesday. This is one of the more difficult days in the church calendar. I hope you'll listen carefully to the words in this service tonight. They will ask a lot of you. If you listen carefully to them, they will weigh on you. It's intended to be that way. They will ask you to look inside yourself, to contend with the things inside you that make the cross necessary, that make Jesus' journey to Calvary necessary. You will be asked to search yourself, to take an honest and serious look at your life, to confess your sins, and together we'll name quite a few of them in the prayers. And they should feel weighty to you, and if they make you feel a little uncomfortable, that's good. The things that we name in the prayers are serious. We're invited to reflect on our lives as individuals, and also the impact that we have as people who are part of much larger systems, who are part of networks, who are connected to people all over the planet. The invitation tonight is a serious one, and it should challenge us. It should make us a little uncomfortable. And then, if you choose to receive ashes tonight, those ashes are intended to remind you that we are mortal. Something that we know, right? Something that we often sort of talk about and cast off. But something that when we really look at it is much more serious than that. Tonight, we're reminded by the ashes that we are formed of the earth and that one day our bodies will return to it. In fact, many of the words that I say tonight in this liturgy are the same words that I say at the graveside when we meet for funerals. Many of the words are the same in this liturgy as they are in that one, when we return someone to the earth. So it's intentionally a heavy service tonight. And in large part, that's because the invitation of this season is a serious one. We're supposed to be walking with Jesus toward the cross. And so it's important that when we do that, we're reminded of who we are, of what we are, and of whose we are, that we belong to God, and that all that we are, and all that we have, all that we'll ever be, even our very next breath, all of it has been given to us because of the goodness and the mercy of our loving, kind, merciful God. Now, the crux of today is a little counterintuitive, if we're honest, right? We just heard this gospel passage about how we're not supposed to practice our piety in front of other people, and then we're all going to get these crosses on our heads and leave the building, and you're not supposed to wipe it off as soon as you get out of the church, right? You're supposed to keep it on for a while. And it's late enough that maybe you're not going anywhere, but maybe you are, right? 
It's a little counterintuitive. We're not supposed to practice our piety in front of everyone else, and yet here tonight we're going to do just that. Well, the gospel's really clear, though, that the reason we're not supposed to practice it in front of everyone else is so that they will see it, right? So that the goal is for you to be seen, so that people will think well of you. The gospel wants us to practice our piety, to be faithful, to follow God, to be good disciples, because we want to be, not because we want other people to see us and think well of us. And in fact, actually, I think it's a deeply faithful thing to walk out of the church and into the world with that cross on your head. It does, in some ways, make a statement about who you are and about what you believe. It's exceedingly clear that you have given your your life over, that you believe you belong to God. And that really is what the invitation of Lent is. This season often gets a bad rap. I think we often hear that this season is supposed to be very somber and very serious, and, and it is. But it's not all bad, and it's not because we're bad, and I think sometimes that's the takeaway. This season is about penitence, not punishment. This season is about a, a serious look inward, but not so that we'll feel badly about ourselves, not so that we'll feel some kind of guilt or shame, but so that we can grow, so that we can change, so that we can try again. The church year is built that way so that we can all acknowledge to ourselves and to everyone else that we aren't perfect, that we need forgiveness, and that maybe in the last year there's a couple of things we got wrong. And so this is a chance to sort of look at that and try again. Now, in the passage that we heard from Isaiah, God is exceedingly clear, I think, about what God wants from us in Lent. There's a lot in our scripture today about fasting, right? And we usually think that that's about food. But that is not at all what God is talking about in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah gives us a sense of what it is God really wants from us. And we're going to listen to it again because it's important. The fast that God would choose for us is to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, to share our bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into our house, to cover the naked and to hide not yourself from your kin. That is the fast that God would choose. That is the Lenten focus that God would choose for us. So what does that really mean? What are we really fasting from if we take the prophet Isaiah seriously? Well, we would be fasting from injustice, from oppression, from violence. We'll talk about that in the prayers that we say in a little bit, in the ways in which our life and our being contributes to these systems of injustice and oppression that we aren't responsible for all by ourselves, but we certainly contribute to. If we look again at that statement, God would ask us to fast from power and privilege and wealth, to give, to share instead of hoarding it and keeping it for ourselves. To fast from broken relationships, from the ways we hurt each other, from the ways we abandon each other. Now, if you flip that around and try to look at it in a sort of positive way, in terms of what are we supposed to do instead of what are we not supposed to do, 
What does God want from us? It's pretty easy, I think, to build justice, to love mercy, to seek peace, to give out of what we have, to share, to love, to be more generous than we have to be, to be merciful, to be forgiving, to seek reconciliation. This is what God wants for us in the season of Lent, to fill ourselves with kindness and generosity and to seek goodness, to work at it, to be intentional about it. All of us could benefit from picking even one of those things and having it be our focus every day in this season. Because all of us need to grow. All of us need to change. Now, here's the sort of sticky thing about it, though. In our passage from Corinthians, there's not great news for us if we do this well. Did you like that long list of things that Christians have gone through? It's not, a, it's not a happy, sort of light, easy, breezy list, is it? And so the passage seems to suggest that if we learn how to be better disciples in this season and in all seasons, if we're committed to the work of being disciples, then the work is kind of hard. Then God will expect even more of us. It's not an easy road. And if we look at that list in, in Paul's letter, I think it's pretty clear that being faithful is not always easy. Choosing love is not always easy. In fact, it's actually sometimes very hard. And sometimes doing the right thing means that we have to face even harder things to do the right thing. Hopefully not as bad as this list, right? Beatings and imprisonments, not something most of us will experience, and that's a very good thing. But the truth is, if we intentionally point ourselves toward God in this season, if we take the words of this service seriously, if we take the words of this, the prayers that we're going to say in a little bit seriously, then we'll start to care quite a lot more about the world around us, about our neighbors. And that, out of love, will lead to sleepless nights and a hunger for justice, to a desire to love genuinely and speak truthfully, to essentially a quest for holiness of spirit. And that is what this season is really all about. A solid look at ourselves and at our lives, at things done and left undone, not so that we can feel badly about ourselves, not so that we can live in the ash and stay in that moment of dust. We're meant to be mindful that we're mortal and mindful that we're lowly, but so that we can contend with those parts of ourselves humbly and honestly acknowledge our need for God, our dependence on God. Because that is the only way that we can really receive the good news at the end of this season with an open heart and really receive it with our whole lives and let it change us. Even on this day, though, there is good news, and that is that as we descend into this season and do the work, as you leave tonight with that cross of ash on your head, the good news is that it doesn't end there. There's a reason that Lent is a journey. We have a path ahead of us that we are invited to walk with Jesus, the sacred walk with Jesus to Calvary. 
And if we do that, we'll find over and over and over again, every time we find ourselves at the foot of the cross, that the ash is never the end of the story. But in order to really know that in our bones and to believe it in our hearts and to know it in our minds takes work and practice and commitment and a willingness to sort of go through this cycle again and again of looking at ourselves and then looking for God and wondering how we can draw more near. And that really is what this season is about, right? We talk all the time in Lent, I think, about what we're going to give up, right? Some people give up sort of normal things, right? I grew up in a world where lots of people gave up things like chocolate and coffee, and there's nothing wrong with that if it helps you draw more near to God. If for some reason you giving up coffee in the morning means that you remember how dependent you are on the goodness and love and mercy of God. So, beloved of God, Remember that this season is not about punishment. It is about penitence. And those are two very different things. And it's helpful, I think, for us to remember that in this season when we are all tired and frustrated and still living in a world that feels chaotic and messy. This season is not about you getting beat up or beating yourself up. God loves you far too much for that. That is not the point of this season. We're invited to take a serious look at ourselves and our life, but you are God's beloved. And so this is an invitation to grow, to be willing to change, to be stronger in your faith and to be sure of the work that God calls you to in the world. The point of this journey is not to feel badly about yourself. It's it's to come to a different place with God, to find yourself as we move toward Easter more ready, more willing, more able to follow him, to love like him, to be like him. You are already loved. You have already been redeemed. And you have the light of God within you. We all just have to practice a little bit more at letting that light shine and at seeing that light in all the people around us. So remember tonight that you belong to God. And consider what fast you will choose in this season. What will you give up? What will you take on? How will you draw more near to God? How will you grow in your faith on your individual journey? And how will you be part of this community as we travel together to the foot of the cross? Tonight, let us make together a right start to this season and be reconciled to the God who loves you more than you can imagine. Tonight, as you receive this cross of ash, remember that you are God's beloved, and this journey is for you. Amen.